Wow, do I have a treat for you today. I had the absolute privilege of interviewing a guest for our podcast episode today. And this conversation is going to blow your mind. There is so much depth and juiciness to this episode that I cannot wait for you to hear. And it's just honestly so expansive. I got the privilege of interviewing Toya, who is a communications entrepreneur and the founder of The Communication Shop. She works exclusively with South African entrepreneurs to guide their startup marketing process to take them from ideation to implementation to revenue generation. She believes that entrepreneurship is a currency of the universe and that every South African has the ability to answer only to themselves and God should they choose. She grew up in a volatile, dysfunctional and abusive household and saw the effects of codependency. She dreamt of being free through her spiritual awakening, learning to use energy healing daily and teaching others how to reach their potential. She now lives in her power authentically. Her life is abundant and her soul is free. And this is what she wants for every other human being too. I cannot wait for you to hear this. If you love this episode, which I know you're going to, please do us the honor of sharing on social media, tagging at Mind Your Hero and The Calm Shop, which the links are in the show notes below, and just embrace this episode. There is so much wisdom. The energy was high, and I just am so excited to welcome you officially to Toya. Within us all, there resides a hero. We just have to learn how to tap in and unleash the power inside. Kylie Ann Bowers is the founder of Mind Your Hero. And this podcast is the mind foot you need to transform your mindset, manifest your desires, and live a life filled with magic. Each episode inspires you to discover your dreams and equips you with the tools and courage you need to transform your life. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for hitting play. Now, let's begin. Hello, beautiful heroes. Today, I have the incredible Toya Golding. There's a whole lot of other names I see in there, but I'm just going to say Toya Golding if that's okay. Uh, she is the entrepreneur head and founder of The Communication Shop. And Toya and I have connected, I think, personally on a very deep level through Instagram. But having conversations with Toya has always been so expansive and so enlightening. And she has built her business on the same principles that I would like to think that Mind Your Hero has, which is all about manifestation. And even though her business has nothing to do with manifestation, she has created a an incredible brand through these principles. So Toya, I'm so delighted to have you here today. I know that this conversation is going to probably go down many different rabbit holes, which I'm so excited to explore. Don't know what's going to happen, but welcome to the Mind Your Hero podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Kai. Me too. So before we get into the juicy parts, I want to ask you three rapid fire questions. We could probably do an entire podcast on two of them, but we'll, we'll just try to keep it short. Okay, so fine. if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, um, probably being able to speak any language. Ooh, love yeah. that. 
if you could change one thing about the school syllabus, just one, I know this could be a conversation all on its own. Okay. okay. If you could change one thing about the school syllabus around the world or integrate something new, what would you include or take away? So what I would do is I've thought about this so much. I would integrate like self-healing and psychology into the English syllabus Mm -hmm. so that, yeah, kids are writing reading and writing about their own personal journeys as opposed to like prescribed texts and like comprehension topics that are pulled out of a textbook I would have like a daily okay let's let's journal basically love that love that and then how are you your own hero in your life oh gosh I'm like I know this sounds so conceited but I'm like my I am I am like my own superhero um I feel like I have taken my life I've taken my past and I have managed to avoid victimhood and I've managed to avoid being a victim completely and I have carried myself from a super traumatic dysfunctional childhood into the woman and adult that I would look up to I am the woman that the little girl I needed has that is beautiful honestly beautiful 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 so I think that's a great starting point to dive into today's conversation which is I'm sure that you had a journey you had a kind of a dark night of the soul moment or something that happened that triggered you to wanting to become an entrepreneur so can you just talk about your journey into entrepreneurship and how you did a lot of self-healing? Because I know that's one of the things we've, we've spoken about often is the healing that we've done, the shifts that we've had to make to manifest success in our businesses. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <coughs> I'm going to try and keep it, I'm going to try and keep it as linear as possible just so we can follow. But um, basically, I was an art protege from age three. My one art mentor was, he is currently the head of the Witt School of Fine Arts, I believe. Um, And then I had a second. And basically, my whole schooling career was oriented towards, I was going to speak Italian and French, which I do. Um, And I was going to be an artist. I was going to live on a boat in Amsterdam. (laughs) And I was just going to like, create this legacy for my family where I would be this incredible creative and obviously being a creative I believe you're immediately a manifester right because you literally manifest your ideas onto paper canvas wherever it is and what happened is just after I matriculated I got into school of fine arts I got offered a partial scholarship to NYU. I had all these offers to do, um, to become an artist. And about two months into my degree, my parents' marriage fell apart. And subsequent to that, and like, this is not a woe is me story because Hmm. like, like let's all just take into consideration the privilege, the point of privilege. But um, everything got frozen. All the finances got frozen, assets, everything. So... I had to drop out to start working. And I remember being like, okay, cool. I'm going to drop out and I'm going to do all these jobs and I'm going to raise the money to pay for my own varsity fees. And then I was like, but now I have a choice. Like, I don't actually have to do fine. Like if I'm paying for it, 
you know, like I, I can't be told what I'm going to study. And I remember being like, okay, well, if I became an artist, how would I make money? <laughs> and I came to the realization that it would be rare to be able to provide the kind of lifestyle and life that I wanted as a painter or a whatever sculptor. So I was like, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna do my own thing here. And what I really, really want is I want to work for myself. Like I don't want, so I understand like I'd had this whole life of having mentors, teachers, being a protege, being told this is the medium you have to focus on. This is what you have to bring to the world. This is who you need to appease. This is who you need to um, make happy, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, but if I work for myself, I can create exactly what I want. I don't have to draw in charcoal. I don't have to paint. I don't have to whatever. And most importantly, like I really want to make money, right? Because I don't ever want to be in the position again where overnight I had been completely financially reliant on people who were already unreliable, in my opinion, like big corporates, um, to having nothing, right? <laughs> and that's kind of where it started that I was like, I'm going to, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like I want to work for myself. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know I wanted to be creative and I knew that I wanted it to be around communication. The degree that the school of arts actually kind of put together for me was a community it was a communication degree in that I wanted to teach children how to create a language through artistic medium Beautiful. so it, children who have experienced abuse trauma neglect are often not comfortable with verbally expressing oh sorry sorry um <laughs> my series busy did you hear that no my story is like okay let me find the definition of child abuse for you like no thanks sorry um yes they often are not able to communicate verbally what has happened because they do not have the vocabulary to tell you what's happened to them so I wanted to create a language where children could actually communicate to safe adults um their experiences so that secondary caregivers would know whether to intervene or not okay yeah so yeah I knew I wanted to work for myself I wanted to create communication first and foremost and then do the philanthropic thing later but yeah that's how I decided I have to work for myself that's incredible and something that you've mentioned quite a lot is language communication and you know I think when we get into manifestation language is so important and I don't think people realize just how important language is and you know I always speak about the term abracadabra which goes back to if you look at the etymology of it I create as I speak and I think it's just so beautiful that language has been such a huge part of your journey Italian French language communication shop like everything has been very based upon language. So what does language mean to you? Oh, what a great question. <clears throat> so I spoke Italian before I spoke English as a child. Um, my family are Italian. And then um, from there, I think what language means or always ended up meaning to me was something that could either make or break a situation 
right? Which is mm-hmm. once you get into manifestation, like super important, right? So my biggest thing is that if we begin to understand language in a multifaceted way, we avoid creating trauma and we then create environments where it is easy or easier to manifest the life of our dreams as opposed to manifesting more trauma. So if you think about like a married couple, right, who are having problems, in my opinion, it always comes down to language. Silent, giving someone the silent treatment is a language. Shouting and screaming is a language. Using the wrong word can send a spouse down a black hole where they now believe that there is no longer opportunity for resolution, right? And my biggest, biggest understanding of language in particular, in particular in a country like South Africa that has 11 official languages plus all of our immigrant languages, is that we end up not manifesting what we need to because we are not communicating effectively or correctly. One person, it's like the Tower of Babel. Everyone's speaking a different language. We're all trying to meet the same goal. But if you don't say it correctly and you don't present it effectively, you don't end up creating what you set out to do. Sure. I'm just going to take a moment to take that in because that's that is such <laughs> a thought shifting yeah, view of the 11 different languages. And, you know, I, I do. I so get that. And, you know, just even on the point of silent treatment being a language, I think people don't realize that when you are giving somebody the silent treatment, you're actually invalidating somebody's existence. And they just don't feel then seen, heard and understood, which causes so many other traumas and pain points. And then obviously has the behaviors, which I think you've touched on is that you had had this identity created since the age of three, that you were this art protege. And that in turn, created the behaviors for you to then encompass this identity of art protege until mm-hmm. you had that fork in the road where you had to choose which direction you were going in. Yeah. So I want to know, cause there's like a little bit of a gap gap now in your story. Not that yeah. you have left out a gap, <laughs> but we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. There's a gap. What happened from the moment of I'm deciding to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know what it's going to be in to now building a successful company? Because I think so many people are in that position right now that might even be listening to this podcast and they're wanting Mm. to know, but how, how did you go from, I don't know what to do and just knowing you wanted to work for yourself to actually creating success? Oh, such a good question. Um, So what I did literally is I was like, what skills do I have? (laughs) And I was like, well, I know how to draw. Um, and then I was like, okay, so what, what could I possibly study that involves drawing, but that could lead me to working for myself? And it was fashion design. So I took a, I took a gap year and I worked like a dog. I think I worked like three different jobs and I just saved up all this money so I could pay for my first year because fashion design is obviously the most expensive degree you can possibly come across, especially here. And yeah, and then I paid for my first year of varsity and I was like, oh shit, like I can do this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I must be honest, my whole, my whole degree, I was like, I can't believe like I'm doing this. Um, and yeah, I ended up just like funding my tertiary education um, I got a degree in fashion design 
it was really hard, um, which is something that I I feel really strongly about. Manifestation, we're doing it all the time, all the time. Completely. We're never not doing it. And if you understand that rolling up your sleeves and doing the work will get you there. Like I look back now and I'm like, that wasn't hard at all. But at the time I remember being like, this is super tough, right? So I then studied fashion design. I did the very like creative elements of it, but I took um, business management and trend analysis as majors. And I asked a lot of questions and I always asked, I still do this, everyone who was more successful than me, everyone. I was like, how did you get here? How did this happen? What should I do? Who should I speak to? And um, via that route, I got told by the head of that university. She was like, cool. So you could apply for like junior-ish head office positions that pay like decent salaries and um, go that route and have a corporate career. But you're on this mission that you want to work for yourself. So I highly recommend starting at the bottom, earning like a stipend, literally like an internship stipend. Um, And you will grow rapidly just from doing that. So I took her advice and my first job out of varsity, which had cost me a fortune, I was exhausted. I had no money, um, paid like, I think it was like 5,000 rand a month. Um, and it was like seven days a week and you got two days off in a month. And it was folding clothes <laughs> in this like luxury boutique. And I just worked my butt off, to be honest, Kai. Um, and... I just trusted that she had given me the advice that I needed. And this is where like manifestation, I actually have goosebumps, like comes in and it's, at the time I didn't know what manifestation Mm. was. And someone from quite a big brand, I'm apprehensive to mention it here, but a big German luxury clothing brand walked in the store to buy like a gift for his wife or his mom or whatever. And we ended up chatting and um, he, long story short, he ended up being like, so we actually need someone in like a relatively junior role, but it's like a head office role. Would you be interested? So I was only in that first job for three months. Um, I then had an interview in a cupboard with that company because they were like, we're super busy. You have to have your interview in the cupboard. And they, I think they like triplicated my salary. I ended up going and working for them and after three months and I was just like this is cool but like this isn't like this doesn't teach me how to like run a business Mm -hmm. you know so like I need I need that to change they called me in and I thought they were going to tell me that I'd failed my three months probation and they were like cool 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 so we obviously didn't headhunt someone for this type of position we actually have these other luxury brands that we need to bring in but we need someone to run it like it's their own business Um, We need you to run your profit and loss statements. We need you to run your inventory. We need you to basically understand retail business and do it from scratch. And then that happens. Um, And yeah, I basically then set the intention that I would only ever work for entrepreneurs so that they would teach me how to be an entrepreneur. And um, I basically said no to every opportunity that wasn't where I could work for someone who was actually a founder or an entrepreneur until I got to the point where I was like, cool, now I can do this for myself. 
that's amazing and so much in there so I also want to actually bring this up before I ask more questions on that I know that you've worked with a manifesting um, mentor Mm -hmm. and at what point did that actually occur and how did that shift and change your life because from everything that you said you were actually already manifesting on autopilot you were Mm -hmm. placing yourself in the right positions and I truly believe it's because you had your bigger vision and you just surrendered the how you speak about trusting and intention which is so important when it does come to manifestation just by setting your intention understanding your your vision you you've spoken about taking the inspired action which is yeah. why all the pieces just fell together so perfectly so when did this manifesting mental come in and then what happened after that okay <laughs> okay we'll go there um so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and avoid too much like terminology or jargon because I hate that people can um spiral in the wrong direction mm-hmm. but if anyone has heard of something called a twin flame mm-hmm. right um I had never heard of it someone brought it up um and I remember being like that sounds fucking ludicrous like you are absolutely insane cool and then a couple of months later I was working for that same company that I've just described on my way to work. I just come back from an overseas trip. I used to travel all the time. I used to be overseas five times a year. It was amazing. It was like the dream. And I was so unhappy. And I was just like, literally, like I was raised Catholic. So I was literally shouting at God in my car, driving up. And I was like, I'm going to stop for a cup of coffee. And I stopped for a Seattle coffee in Bruma. Um, Cyril Dean, Bruma Cyril Dean mm-hmm. at this petrol station and like proper like Vinhat, like a, a crazy Italian woman at eight o'clock in the morning upset with God and the universe and I was just like what is this and I had just gotten divorced but P.S. I don't see my first marriage or divorce as like pivotal to be honest um, but yeah I was just like angry and I went inside and I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to get a coffee. I'm going to chill. And they were like, the coffee machine's broken. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, what is going on? And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Anyway, and I walked outside and I'd been parked in by this huge black BN, uh, Mercedes Benz. Blacked out lights. I couldn't see inside. I'm from Bedford View, right? So it's like gangster's paradise. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I started like... <laughs> I started like shouting at the driver and I was like I'm gonna get shot and I don't even care so I literally this is a true story I slid he was parked up against the boot of my car and I slid my butt across the bonnet of his car (laughs) with like a F you how dare you park me in and this guy got out of the car and just like I can't, I can't explain. And this is where also my clairvoyance kicked in like crazy. I've always been able to see things like to the point where as a little kid, if I'd say something, people are like, that's probably going to come true. <laughs> but it just like started like playing like a reel in like, like, a, like a movie in my brain. And I actually saw my daughter wow. who's due in August and um, I have goosebumps everywhere and something shifted and my heart activated like crazy 
And I don't know how you how much you know about childhood trauma, but a lot of what happens is your sensory system shuts down. Like I never used to be able to feel the the surface of my skin, even. And I just like like felt this like heat in my chest. Um, and I was like, oh shit, like I have to pursue whatever this is. Like I have to find out who this person is. And this guy walked out, I didn't recognize him at all. And he was like, I've met you. Like, I know you. And I was just like, I don't know you. And anyway, he described like how he'd met me. And I was like, okay. And anyway, in the terminology is called a false twin, which is someone who you meet who encompasses all of the characteristics that you will find in your soulmate but who also teaches you really, really difficult lessons. They teach you the polarity of your twin. And from there, this whole like crazy life happened. I left the planet 100%. I was not on the planet. And um, I was just like, this is so weird. And like, this guy is like, not the, it's not the person, but I'm like enraptured by trying to understand what this relationship is teaching me um we never ended it never even ended up dating like nothing but I was just like I just know that this feels like home but like the the key isn't fitting in the lock and and it's also a hard reflection to see it's the hardest relationship that like even if you're non-intimate intimate it's the hardest hardest relationship you can go through because the deepest darkest parts of yourself are reflected through this person back to you correct like all the really, really ugly things. Like, I was like, I have a drinking problem. I have a substance abuse problem. Like, I cannot go a day without a cigarette. Um, I have an eating disorder. Like, all these crazy, crazy things that I didn't even know were there. So a part of that whole thing is I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. But the one day, I was sitting at OR Tambo International Airport at a meeting like this incredibly boring meeting a few days after meeting this person and I was like what is going on like why am I seeing things why am I hearing a voice why does it keep showing me a name like I kept seeing this name the name was Andrew I'm now married to an Andrew but I kept seeing this name Andrea Andrew Andrew in all the different languages and I was like this is wild so I was like okay I'm going to open my google and whatever comes up, I'm just going to type like a letter and whatever comes up, I'll trust it. And I typed in T because that's the first letter of my name. And it came up and it came up with someone who mentors people who are dealing with their twin flame journey. And that is how. And I was like, okay. And I read her blog. And then I was like, hmm, let me look into this. And yeah I ended up working with her I still use her program to this day every single day and it's changed my life it was crazy That's and it's a crazy story like most people are like cool, cool, cool. but this is a manifestation <laughs> podcast so I'll tell the story I think anything goes here and you know I actually draw so many parallels between your lived life experience and mine like coming from a creative background and yeah. also shortly before meeting Lloyd had a twin flame relationship that again wasn't like dating relationship but the hardest relationship because it reflected yeah. back the hardest parts of myself that I had to learn how to de- develop and evolve and just crazy um so after working with this mentor 
it's obviously changed your life but mm. in what way and how have you implemented because I know that the communication shop is built off of a lot of manifestation principles correct me if I'm wrong yeah. um, yeah. but how do you implement this every day into your daily life into your business into your relationship even yeah so what I didn't realize at the time is that and the reason this person affected my life so much is and I don't want to say who it is mm. because if people are meant to find her they will they will yeah um but I didn't know what manifestation was like I did but I didn't and like I don't know why I kept seeing colors like red orange yellow green blue purple I was like why am I getting these colors like flooding into me um and Basically, how it changed my life is it taught me the principles of manifestation and energy healing so that I could implement it consciously. So I was no longer running on autopilot, which I didn't, even, I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. Um, and it allowed me to understand a step-by-step process, first and foremost, and how to like intervene in my own life. So how, how I would use it now for example, um, even in my relationship with my husband is like, when I first met him, I was like, Hmm, I don't know, but (laughs) I can't like, I can't not be in your presence. Do you know what I mean? And like, I manifested the place where I met him, which ended up being his business. And then, um, every time there would be a bump in the road, I'm interrupting this podcast quickly to let you know about the unfolding of the energy that has been rising within. And if you feel called to enter a journey that is expansive and will tap into frequencies unparalleled to any that you've ever experienced before, I invite you now to learn more and discover the unfolding of this energy through the masked offer. You may not know all the details right now, and if you have to ask, you do not know. But if you feel this deep calling, this soul rising within you, this power, this passion, I invite you now to click on the link in our show notes and pre-sign up to know when the start of the masked offer will begin. How do I, uh, like an X showing up in the picture instead of indulging in all of my shadows jealousy insecurity anxiety I'd be like okay cool so what I'm going to do is I'm going to manifest the outcome that I want I'm not even going to focus on being the victim in the circumstance and I'm going to integrate everything this is trying to teach me Like one of the things I love the most about my husband and was so important for me to manifest um, in my relationship, which I had learned from that previous relationship was I need to be in a relationship with someone who fundamentally respects women. It's like a non-negotiable for me. And I didn't know that like, (laughs) I didn't know that there were men that respected women, to be honest with you. And then like, So what would happen is the way he would treat his ex was such a beautiful thing. Because I was like, but this is, I manifest this. I manifest someone who would be like, I'm so sorry, but I need to take the time to go and sit with this person and speak to them and understand why this is hard for them, et cetera, et cetera. 
And so I implemented my manifestation tools and my energy healing tools because I believe that you can manifest anything. But if you want to manifest what you want, you have to work with energy healing. That's what I personally believe. Completely and um, I would go and like do an energy healing. <laughs> like I know this sounds like completely nuts, but I would go and sit in our bedroom, our shared bedroom, sit on the floor, do an energy healing and then like set the intention for what I wanted to manifest. What outcome do I want? I want the ex to feel more secure in being able to let go. I want my partner to feel like he is not forced to make decisions based on ultimatums. Like if you speak to this person, you lose me. Or if you don't handle things this way, um, this will fall apart, which all comes back to language right? How are we communicating? And sometimes, Kylie, saying things out loud to other human beings is not as effective as going within, understanding yourself, and manifesting the version of yourself that will bring out the best version of them. I do that with everyone that I interact with, everyone. Every relationship I have is intentional, with my clients, um, with my service providers, with my team, everyone. And that is how it really, really changed my life. A lot of people fell away. Mm -hmm. A lot of people. I basically don't have a relationship with my family, my biological family anymore. Because I was just like, but I'm healing and uh, and I'm clearing and then I'm manifesting what I want. And I realized that the dysfunction would create a block to the manifestation um which is super tough and i think if people want to like really go on this journey they need to understand that you do lose as well but it's how you perceive it do do you do you see it as loss or are you going to focus on your manifestations and you've gained yeah through that whole journey so communication shop is actually my third business yeah yeah um yeah, yeah, it's my third business. And it was all like a learning curve. Like manifested a business, manifested a business partner, fell apart because I wasn't clear about the outcomes. Um, manifested a business, manifested a business partner, manifested the internal relationships I wanted in that business, fell apart because I wasn't clear. You know, like, I, I, like being like, okay, how do I want to feel in the presence of my employees? How do, how, how do I want us to speak to each other? How do I want us to understand each other? What, what do I give to them? What do they give to me? All of these things have been very much a trial and iteration process. And when I got to the communication job, I was like, cool. So what is my biggest learning? If we do not communicate exactly what we want from a place of confidence, we are not going to get it. Um, and the communication shop was definitely, communication shop was definitely born from a place of, I want to help other entrepreneurs translate the idea, make it clear, manifest it, and then implement a revenue structure. Because a lot of people will manifest it and then it falls apart. And we get taught like the average is you will fail seven times before your business succeeds. And it's like, well, yeah, because we're not clear about what we're doing. Um, yeah, I think so that's yeah, clarity that's... is not just about getting 
clear on the vision it's about the clear intention that you're setting and something that I just want to honor and see inside of you is that you know even when you're doing the energy healings in your shared bedroom that you shared with Andrew everything I believe that you've done has been from a place of universal love and you spoke about how your heart was cracked open the moment you were sliding across this guy's bonnet of his BMW going F you (laughs) but you spoke about that heart being cracked open and I truly believe that everything that you've done has been from this place of universal love and I think that that clear intention as well helps us when dealing with loss in this journey of truly becoming a highest version of ourselves and I want to go there because it's maybe the part of manifestation that people don't talk about. They don't, they always talk about the rainbows and the unicorns at the end of the road, which is great. And that's what we're all aspiring to have, right? It's even, you know, I know that you obviously know that I teach a lot about manifesting money. It's actually got Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the money. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with the money. That's just a result that you will gain when you go on this pathway. But let's talk about the hard parts of this journey because it is hard. (laughs) And I know- you know, we're both in a very similar situation now where we're both pregnant and it's such an exciting journey, but we've also had conversations where we've been able to talk about the darkness that can overcome you and the ego deaths that happen yeah. when you're pregnant. It's crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about ego deaths. Let's talk about the challenges. Why do you believe challenges come up in our pathway when manifesting our highest version of our reality that we desire? Yeah. So it's such a yeah I I do think it's something we don't talk about enough when we talk about manifestation so yeah let's go there so I think that it comes up because if you want to build anything that matters you have to have a foundation right I mean that sounds so cheesy enough but it's just true if you're trying to build a house on a sandbank right and you expect it to last for generations your risk of that happening the risk of you manifesting a generational home for you your children your grandchildren etc etc it's like it's lost right so why did you build it there did you build it there because you want everyone to admire that you can afford to build a mansion on the beachfront or did you build it because you wanted a safe space for your family to always have to go to which is what you're talking about in terms of intention Mm. and I really really believe that we have these ego debts and we face our ego because ultimately like we're having a human experience but but like are we human beings like let's get really (laughs) existential here right we we in ourselves are manifestations we've manifested with all just an illusion bones and blood and skin and hair and teeth and whatever but actually it exactly it's an it's an illusion right and if we do not face all of the like karmic baggage that is holding us back I believe from serving a purpose um I don't believe that making money is the only thing I am I'm not the person to go to for people who say, I want to be a, I want to sell a Bitcoin and make a bazillion rand. And then I'm going to start a business. Please mentor me. I'm the guy who's like, listens to people who are like, yeah, I really want my children to understand that it's okay to parent peacefully. For example, I'm like, yeah, we're good. Right. 
But if we don't face ourselves and we don't face our own bulldust, we end up just becoming people who stand, stand on a soapbox and kick and scream and fight and you'll manifest it, it'll fall apart. You'll manifest it, it'll fall apart. Then we can, I mean, you can go into like epigenetics then and like, like literally, yeah, literally like how the oxygen <laughs> in our bloodstream changes to survive the kind of like generational trauma we're implementing. But um, <clears throat> I personally believe that every challenge is actually just helping us to manifest the clearest, most authentic version of reality that we want to experience in our human expression. And that sounds like so like woo-woo. But like, if I look at my first business, it was from a place of ego. I was like, um, I need to escape a certain situation. Um, it was super fear-based. Like, I don't want to be here and I don't want this to happen. So therefore I will start a business to extract myself from this place. And the business fell apart, right? Because- I was, I was gonna, my, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My intention was egotistical. My ego was like, I am not willing to see that I am not a victim, <laughs> that I can do this for myself, that I don't need other people. Codependency. We are born, human beings are born and taught from the second they leave their mom's womb to be codependent um, in so many different ways. But when you're still holding on to, I can't do it myself. I am not in my power. I am not capable. Your ego is going to be like, how's it? I'm here. Let's talk about this. Let's see how like you're having a human experience, but you've forgotten that you have all the power and it's no one else's responsibility. No one else can save you. No one. And then what happens is the universe like manifests all these little weird scenarios that you're like, this is so weird. Like, why is this happening? Like conversations with friends, like being invited to a dinner and it comes up where people say, well, you know, like, why don't you just buy your own car or like why don't you just pay your own bills you know and like sometimes people don't know I've spoken to I, I've worked with people who will say like oh yeah my husband only has enough budget for x y and z so I therefore can only do a very basic social media retainer because my husband my husband my husband and I'm like cool what about you 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 know and that's all ego it's all ego and like yeah manifesting a pregnancy holy moly guys every day I'm like am I going to be that person who fucks up my kid <laughs> or am I going to get over this and try and understand it and see why this is triggering me upsetting me limiting me um and every time you do that exercise, you move it out of the way and you manifest exactly what it is that you want. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really believe those ego debts are there so that we can clear out the nonsense and bring to light what we really want. I think that puts it perfectly. You know, I always speak about making space. And yes, I speak about making physical space, which is quite literally cleaning up your space yeah. and all of that. But yeah. when you're holding onto things, 
on an emotional standpoint and from a frequency standpoint, the universe is going to put in that speed bump in your way so that you can do the deeper work to let go of that stuff. And is it pretty? Is it easy? No, it's not. It's not. It's not pretty. It's not easy. Having an ego death is literally facing your worst fears and knowing that, okay, I will be okay no matter what, because like you say, you have the power within you because you are the soul having the human experience. Yeah. You know, Kylie, I also think something that's so important is so many people, I believe, don't pursue their manifestation journey or they don't pursue the journey of manifesting the life that they want because they're so afraid of losing what they believe they need. And a lot of the time that comes in the form of love, romance, relationships, they'll be like, well, if I have an ego... so." my my jealousy problems every time I throw a tantrum about my boyfriend going out without me he comes running home to check that I'm okay and then that's how I've made sure that he will come home so if I have an ego totally a secondary gain exactly if I have an ego death and I let go of jealousy what if he doesn't come home and you're like well then he's not the right person and we're so, we're so inclined to controlling that outcome that we don't want to face the ego deaths. Oh, and something, not. yeah, and something, yeah, it's crazy. But something I think that like, I hate like pushing this, but I'm going to say it because I don't want people to listen to this and be like, that sounds scary. Yeah, is if, you, if you do it and you kill that ego, either your partner is the right person or the second you move them out the way, the right person will be at the coffee shop waiting to meet you. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. And, you know, I've actually worked with clients before and I had this particular client that did not want to do a forgiveness ceremony for one of their exes. And yeah. the reason was because he wanted this person to come back and apologize. And he's like, if I let go, then I will never get my apology. And I have to say, it's not justifying the actions of this person. It's that if you don't let this go, that anger will just eat you up. And that person will be even further away from giving you the apology that you even want. Um, But yeah, it's so interesting. And I think, you know, so often we do, we try to micromanage the universe and control every outcome. And we think that we can do it, you know, by controlling this. And a lot of people ask me like, how can I manifest this person back into my life? Mm. Well, what if we actually stop trying to control timelines? What if we stop trying to control other souls? Because they all have their own dharma, karma, and life's destiny that we can't control. Mm. We can only control ourselves. And what if we actually just manifested the highest potential for our souls without putting timeline constraints on it, without putting specific steps in place on it and just opened ourselves up to experiencing the highest best possible things for ourselves because that's when like you say the right person does come into your life that will have the most expansive love that you'll ever 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 have like I think a lot of people still you know it it boggles their mind when I say to people Lloyd and I have never had a fight ever yeah but we've had really difficult conversations with each other really expansive conversations with each other but we've never fought yes and and i've never we've never had a fight yeah exactly and people don't understand that but it's because it comes from this place of again communication how can we clearly and effectively each see each other's visions for because i still believe that 
when you're entering into a relationship, you still have to honor your own soul's commitments. And that person has to honor their own soul's commitments. And together, you're going to have your together soul commitments as well. So there's like three entities that you're actually intertwining when it comes to relationship. But people want everything of them to be yours. And we forget that you also have to give everything of yourself back in that regard. And it just gets messy. Yes, I, I, yes, exactly. I think that it comes down to just like, limiting beliefs do you know what I mean like people's limiting beliefs of themselves the thing is you can create the life of your dreams you can be there and hold space for your partner to create the life of their dreams and then in between you can co-create like Mm. I remember having this mentality of like you have a partner because you are meant to co-create a life the house the kids the golden retriever called rover and like blah blah and I like really rejected that. It's it's one of the key reasons like my first marriage fell apart. I come from a Mediterranean, staunch Catholic background. Like if you're not married by 25, like it's a problem. So I kind of like followed the steps and whatever. And I was just like, I can't do gardening on Sundays. Like I can't call my dog Rover. I can't do it. I cannot put up the white picket fence. Like it will kill my soul. So I used to think that I'd have to sacrifice. Okay, cool. So I'm going to be a spinster, totally fine with that. <laughs> no problem. Like I will be alone, all good. Um, really, like with confidence. I was like, no problem. And now just to put in a little bit of a painting from my perspective, yes. you kind of do have that lifestyle where you've got the marriage, you've got the little one on the way, and you've got the most beautiful Doberman called Kobe. <laughs> that is the entertainment of my week. Exactly. <laughs> the dog's not allowed on the couch. The dog is always on the couch. It's hilarious. I love it. Exactly. It's so funny. But you've got that from shifting all of these perspectives. Correct. And now it's not like, (laughs) now it's not like I'm not allergic to it. I'm like, oh, this is just like something that is part and parcel of my life. But I can still be the person that I want to be. And my my poor husband (laughs) sits on the couch and listens to these long lectures about the patriarchy and misogyny and (laughs) feminism and how he better get with it before his daughter arrives and blah, blah, blah. And yet I do have the white picket fence and I've got Kobe the Doberman and we're a baby on the way and we've got our cute little nursery and like matching outfits. And like Because I let go of the idea of sacrifice Oof. and thinking that my sole responsibility to my own humanity is to choose, create, co-create, sacrifice. Like which one is it? when you start understanding that it's all just about like what moment are you in right now that it all fits into the picture anyway you don't have to let anything go yeah I think that's such an important concept because I think a lot of people paint again the polarities of life and I always find that through chaos comes clarity anyway but the polarity Mm. is like you know, there's so many people that almost go against the white picket fence because that's what society has conditioned us that we need to have and all of that. But it yeah. goes back down to intentionality. Like you say, like we both actually have the white picket fence. I'm still waiting for the puppy, but we'll get there. Um, but we have that that white picket lifestyle, yet it doesn't feel like I was conditioned into having that. It was because it was from a, it was born from a true desire that I inherently discovered within myself. Yes. And I think that that's the difference. It's all about intention of how you get the white picket fence because we can all have the white picket fence. It's just yes. how does it how does it look to different people? 
exactly and also you have to you have to a let go of the fear of not getting the white picket fence Mm -hmm. and b you have to let go of the idea of getting a white picket fence it's a little bit complicated which is why let me let me do a product plug here you should work with coaches like kylie who can talk you through it because there's too much nuance for one podcast episode yes but it's but paradoxes of manifestation (laughs) yes exactly but um exactly exactly it's it's all it's all part of an integrative process Mm. um as opposed to like a black and white decision-making process. Yeah, we are all everything and nothing all at the same time. Exactly, exactly. And also just like, uh, definitely the next project I'm doing after my baby is born and I've taken a few weeks to recover, but definitely something that's coming up next that I want to integrate into what the communication shop does is... um, teaching women not to pursue a marriage is not a goal Mm. right it can be within the picture of the life that is your goal but if I could just teach if I can teach like just one just one person um that that isn't that isn't the the goal the goal is like how are you living a life that makes you want to wake up every day and feel amazing and when I say amazing I don't mean like happy and shiny and sparkly I mean like when you're having a shit day right and you are literally like you can't stop crying and we've all we we, we all go there anyone who says they don't are lying and anyone we see on Instagram who's like everything is so wonderful all the time not true (laughs) (laughs) I want you to be like yeah I want to be on the floor of my shower sobbing my heart out and like this feels like being alive this feels like a valuable moment Mm -hmm. because it is it is guiding me towards the next moment and the next one and if getting married and getting Kobe the Doberman and you know like planting a rose garden fits into that whole picture of your life that is succeeding this Mm -hmm. thing of like Maybe, maybe I'm projecting, but like, I have a huge thing where people are just like, what a waste. <laughs> you're, you've been married twice and like you're anti-weddings. And I'm just like, but weddings are for people who love weddings. That is what fits into their ideal picture. Yeah. If it makes them feel alive and they feel like, wow, this is like, this feels like everything in this moment. That is because they have manifested into the bigger picture of their life. When it feels contractive instead of expansive, it means that it's not aligning to your bigger vision. So if in particular women can pursue their purpose, what makes them wake up every day, right? They will manifest the rest. They will find the love of their life. They will find the home that feels like home. They will live in the country that they want to live in, et cetera, et cetera. And I've seen it and I've done it. And like, I just know that if we can teach more and more sorry to be sexist but especially at the moment woman (laughs) to to pursue that you can like you can do it and you can have a baby and you can have a husband who adores you etc etc yeah then then I think we've succeeded in in doing something yeah I think just in summation it's like success is just getting what you want whatever it is that you want that's that's the definition of success it doesn't need to be anything more than that it's success is getting what you want 
And it's to be so deeply fulfilled that even last week I did cry my eyes out for three hours uncontrollably. And I was like, I'm so grateful for this moment, even though yes. it's so shit. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's to deeply be fulfilled by everything, every aspect of your life, that even the shit times are filled with a deep amount of appreciation and gratitude for that experience because you know it's part of your soul's evolution. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And the crying, oh girl, and then you have pregnant and it's like crying every second day. And like, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how like incredible life can be when it isn't mundane. You know, and I think I from from my experience and the people that I've worked with everyone who's been interested in manifestation which is just a word for bringing your thoughts into the physical in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah and what happens is we have super negative thoughts and we're victims and we're sad and we're blah 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 and then that's what we end up manifesting so the goal is to change that so you can manifest the beautiful things but most of the people I know who are like "Mm, I want to understand manifestation are there not because they have a chaotic, volatile, dysfunctional existence normally. It is normally because they've kind of got themselves through that. Your soul knows how to, your soul knows how to help you survive. And then they get to the part where they're like, I'm so bored. Like I'm so boring. I'm a boring person. Like my life is mundane. And like, now what and that's the point where they start being like yeah I want to understand what manifestation is yeah oh yes I love that yeah. I love that so if people want to find you on the social needs and connect with you and follow you and understand more about what the communication shop does where can they find you so they can follow the com shop which is t-h-e dot c-o-m-m-s-h-o-p on instagram and like all my other handles are there um I and have we will link them in the show notes <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah follow my business page I'm kind of boring there at the moment but I'll be back um anyone is welcome to also apply to follow my personal page which is on the com shops page but like we have to play nicely I don't I, I'm, I've got firm boundaries about what I do and do not put up with it oh love it we could talk about boundaries as another entire topic for another time <laughs> exactly. because exactly. boundaries are also super important when it comes to manifesting. So but Toya, thank you so much for being here, sharing in your experience, sharing your energy. It's been the most phenomenal podcast. It really has been definitely lit me up and had some crazy thought shifts and perspectives myself. So thank you. You're thank you so much for your time and energy. No, you're welcome. Thank you so much. This was so great. And I'm so glad we finally got around to doing it. Yes, me too. We'll probably have to have a follow-up episode, but thank you so much. And we'll chat to you soon. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, Kai. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Hero podcast. We hope it's lit a fire within you to go after and achieve your dreams. If you loved this episode, we'd be honored if you would leave a review and share it with your friends on social media. As a thank you for sharing in our dream to inspire millions across the globe, we'll gift you a guided meditation that will allow you to step into the power of your inner hero faster than you could ever imagine. For daily inspiration, be sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Mind Your Hero. We've absolutely adored our time together on this episode and look forward to you tuning in again. Until next time, 
we wish you a magic-filled week.